Good evening, intrepid listeners, and welcome back to Midnight Marinera. We have missed you all something terrible, and it is so good to feel your energy once again, to sense your appetite for terror that we will strive to vet. I, your Rekav Meter D, have spent the last few months traveling the haunted byways of the world, collecting stories to share with you, and we hope that you will feel rewarded for your patience. What you will hear over the next year are logs from my travels and the voices of those I have met and bartered with for tales along the way. It is an eerie story in itself, and one I believe you will want to hear. But that comes later, on Halloween. I will once again be joining my old colleague, the Ringmaster, to celebrate our four-year anniversary. For now, we offer a sample of what our mortal staff was doing during the summer. A live performance at the Midsummer Scream Convention, both of some of our short audio dramas and a small undercooked analysis segment. The audio quality might not be the best, but such is the nature of live theater. You really have to have been there to get the full effect. So, sit back, relax, and let us deliver unto you an assortment of dark delicacies this season. Enjoy, and bon appétit. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Good morning! morning. Welcome to Midsummer Scream. Stage, just in case you didn't know where you were, and you, yeah, just some possible looks at the Um So I'm very pleased to announce our first group of the day. Um, it's a great way to start our Sunday and start our second day of Midsummer Scream. Midnight Marinara, everyone. Midnight Marinera's first appearance at Midsummer Scream, or at any proper horror convention for that matter. <laughs> we, <laughs> we appreciate you guys coming out. Uh, what is Midnight Marinera? Well, what we do is we take uh, creepypasta stories or other internet horror fiction, we actually adapt them into full-on audio dramas and radio plays. Uh, we're going to kind of explore as we go through this panel what creepypasta is, sort of through um, the lens of, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what creepypasta actually is. But also, we're going to have a lot of fun in the process for doing some uh, scripts that we've uh, done over the years. A couple of live shows and a new one we haven't performed live before. In fact, I think that's how we'll start. So, considering we're at a horror convention, I thought, wouldn't it be fun to do a story about a horror convention and some of the weird stuff that happens there? So, we have an original play for you that is called Fate. And uh, who here, show of hands, who here is familiar with the story Abandoned by Disney? Anyone? Cool. A couple of hands, that's good. Uh, the author of that story, uh, Slime Maze, wrote this one uh, for our show, and we're really uh, happy about that. He, he didn't write it for us, he wrote it behind the scenes and says, hey, never make this, and then we just went ahead. And <laughs> That's true. Right. And uh, if anyone wants to come be Slime Maze after the show, he's right there. We, got, we actually he's got right the first version of him. Yep. He's adorable. <laughs> Thank you. Alright. So without further ado, let's take you to uh, Spooky Con. 
Welcome to Spooky Con, ma'am. I need to see your ID badge, please. Oh, I'm Creepy Buttercup, one of the narrators. I'm a special guest, and I'm doing a panel and everything. I mean, you probably wouldn't recognize me since I don't show my face in videos, but... Please keep your badge visible at all times. We suggest all visitors and guests wear the lanyard around their necks. Thank oh. you. Okay, well, if you say so, I mean, I'm here with Dr. Creepy Pasta, and he's the MVP guest speaker for the entire convention, so... My hands where people can see it. All right, Mr. Tucci, I'm doing it. I can't believe I'm talking to the real Dr. Creepy Pasta. I loved your Halloween special where you read the weird case of Casey Weir. I couldn't sleep for like an entire week. Hey, thanks. Make sure you keep listening. And I hope you're subscribed to the channel. I told all my friends to listen to your stories. How do you think of all those scary ideas? Oh, the dumb organizers gave me away before I registered. 
it must have been a new guy who didn't know who I was. I got table 66, but it's not the same without the 36. Well, it's nice to see you guys again. Hugs! Hugs! Ooh, there, young lady. I'm an old man, but you're gonna give me a heart attack with those full cool boot hugs of yours. You can put Viagra out of business with those things, am I right? We talked about this. Hey, uh, I followed Buttercup here. And you guys are really stuck out in the middle of nowhere this year. Yeah, it's a whole thing. I'm going to talk to the convention staff, and if I make a rant video, I'll get a few million people pressuring them to give me the right to the table next year. Hey, I, I don't think that we met. I'm Uncle Hostel. Huh? Oh, yeah, you're a webmaster. Say, aren't you the guy who deleted all the threads about Guppy.jtag because the story was triggering all the special snowflakes? Actually, I didn't think it met our quality standards for the summer. Right. Well, I'm Creepypasta Cook. I'm Dr. Creepypasta's brother. Hey, didn't you guys see a hot dog cart around here? I smell hot dogs. Since we're all here, can we talk about our plans? Uh, for 2017. I know I only have a few videos up, but... Uh, well, I need to move some of these merchandise. Tell you what, let's meet uh, back in my room. We can talk about it then. Sure, no problem. Ooh, what a day. If you told me that being a creepy awesome narrator involved this much standing, I probably would have done ASMR videos instead. Hey, you get movies in here, your TV and mine isn't working. For some reason. Huh, still static. I really need to get someone to draw my narrator character. If you guys know anyone who would do it. Oh yeah, there are tons of really great artists we can put the message out to. Just mention that they'll get free exposure on the channel and you'll get a bunch of fans spamming you with art. I was thinking that since my name is Creepy Buttercup, maybe I could have like a plant thing. Vines for hair, thorn towns, and stuff like that. Basically, just me in real life, but like poison ivy. You should be covered in butter instead. No offense, but your avatar should probably be thinner too. Uh, sure. You get more repeat interactions and repeat viewings if you do the emo teens and wet drinker too. It's nothing personal, just branding. Like how I'm short, but to pasta creep, my character is really tall and muscular. <laughs> Hey, uh, what are the rules on the minibar? Didn't you just have a hot dog? Nah, it turns out the smell was convention B.O. Uh, <laughs> lots and lots of B.O. So, back on topic. My listen, channel. listen, I gotta be the voice of truth here. You gotta build your channel on your own. Just because Dr. Creepypasta here is the face of Creepypasta doesn't mean he can just plug you a few times and make you famous. Isn't that exactly how you got started? Uh, no. I got where I am because I'm good at what I do. Sure, the plugs from the doctor brought in a few hundred thousand views, but the fans come to listen to me, not because I know more notable people. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Call me crazy, but it doesn't sound like you're in defense. Boys, please. No. This has been a long time coming. The pasta creep here thinks just because he writes the inclusive stories, he matters more to the group than me. Anyone can hack out some serial killer schlock. Let's see someone find, let's see you find someone who can install and edit WordPress like me. Okay, that's enough. Did you just call me a hack? Me? The king of darkness? 
Without my work, there would be no Dr. Creepypasta exclusives. We don't even need a website. We have YouTube channels. I said. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm not really Dr. Creepypasta. I'm the demon he sold his soul to for fame. What? <laughs> there was this whole thing I was going to do where where I possessed his body and killed all of his friends on convention night, and he'd be famous for the groups of murders instead of his horrible videos. So, you actually lured us here to murder us? Yeah, pretty much. I don't know if it's even worth it, though. You're all such horrible, obnoxious people. <laughs> Dude, what, what, what's funny? Did you hear that demon voice stick? He's not kidding. I, you know, I, I'm sorry. It's just that, well... I'm a Wendigo. <laughs> this, this isn't the time for jokes, Jackass. No, 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 seriously. The real Depostocree did a bad case of writer's block, so he went out to the woods for inspiration, which inspired me to eat him, but due to an ancient curse, I became him. You know, I suspected something was wrong because you weren't British anymore. You're usually British. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess. If we're all being honest here, don't tell me. Uncle Pasta's my twin brother. Our parents separated us and made us made me live in the outhouse up on the hill, where I could see into his room and vicariously watch the life I could never have. I, I stabbed him <coughs> last night. He's crying in the bathtub back in my room. <laughs> You're his evil twin. The evil one? Me? Have you met that asshole? <laughs> <clears throat> so, I'm just wearing Creepypasta Cook's face. <laughs> Here, look. Uh, uh, oh, 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 Jesus! Whoa, whoa, oh, I mean, no. I hate that guy, but okay. Oh. We do not need to see that. Yeah, I just found it lying around. Figured I'd see how long it took you guys to notice. Uh, I mean, I guess you had bigger things on your minds. So, if I have everything straight here, none of us are real. Um, I am. I'm real. I'm not a ghost or an alien or anything like that. I'm double-jointed, but only my thumbs, and I guess that's not really the same thing. Well... <coughs> so... Do we kill her, or...? <laughs> <laughs> eh... Nah. Eh, not much point in it, is there? I mean, if I can't infiltrate a close-knit group of friends and kill them off one by one, I, I don't know, I guess I'm just not into that. How about we all just walk out that door? We go our separate ways, start over, and pretend none of this happened. Sounds good to me. Yeah, that, that works. Yeah, I should uh, probably wash all this blood off my gross-ass face. <laughs> So that's an interesting turn of events. I have no group of narrators to help me grow my channel. But then again, now there is no competition, no one to stand in the way of the mechanoid empire. <laughs> Seriously, you wore his face. <laughs> So, maybe a bit of a rocky start, but I think we picked it up pretty well. Uh, 
thank you to, uh, where did he go? He's walking upstairs. Okay. Right Thank you to uh, Bisbee from the Ray Gun Readers podcast for being our special guest for this one. Thank you, Bisbee. And uh, let's probably introduce ourselves while we're up here since uh, we didn't get a chance to do that earlier. Uh, I'm David. I'm the creator of Midnight Marinara and the Undercooked Analysis podcast, the spin-off podcast. You'll notice there are some of our crew wearing the rad uh, UCA shirts there. Uh, and uh, my, I basically produce it, edit it. Almost a one-man show, midnight marinara part at least uh, until I get these guys involved, and then uh, and then it turns into a whole thing. So let's move down the line here. Over here we have my good friend Matt Holly. Hi, how's it going? Yeah. I do voices and stuff for the channel whenever he needs them. So, <laughs> yay. <laughs> uh, next down is my good friend and co-host Ed Pallet. And I write my own original stories and then narrate them myself, and then. <laughs> we need to downplay everything. Uh, next down the line is Alan Cheney. Hi, I'm a voice actor, stand-up comedian, co-host of Undercooked Analysis. I have my own horror channel too, where I write stuff and adopt. <laughs> and uh, next down is my producer, Kayla Berry. Hello, I produce Midnight Marinara, and I'm a co-host on Undercooked Analysis. All right. Yeah. So there you go. That's our crew. Now. <laughs> So we have a couple more uh, shows to present to you, a couple more scripts, but really quickly I want to talk a bit about the sort of the way people perceive creepypasta. So like, who, who here is familiar with creepypasta? I assume most of you, but show of hands? Okay? Alright. Uh, for those not in the know, how would, what do you think uh, would define creepypasta? There's a lot of different ways to do it. Yeah, so there's, a, there's kind of a problem that you have when you're talking about creepypasta because it used to just be a term for a very specific kind of internet horror stories. Very short internet horror stories designed to make you feel weird. But then, as people's writing horizons kind of expanded, people started using the term creepypasta to describe any kind of horror that came from the internet at all, and it kind of lost its special meaning. And that's something that we're trying to do is like restore the old meaning of very specific kinds of realistic stories with like just a hint of oddity in there. That's our ultimate goal in the end. And one of the things we do is we, uh, with Undercooked Analysis, our spin-off show, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, is we look at creepypasta sort of blind and kind of analyze it based on its writing merits or its failings. We never insult the author, we just want to try and critique the work to see if we can make the genre as a whole better. And we'll even say, like, hey, maybe the story isn't good and terms of our genre, maybe it's not the kind of genre we like, but this is its own thing, let's try and figure out what it is. Exactly. So, in that context, I think it might be good to move on to another story. Uh, who's familiar with the term fridge horror? Well, I will, okay, good, good. I would hope so. I will explain what that is when we get to the end, but uh, pay attention, this one might be a little subtle. This next story is called Ah, <laughs> sweet! 
Osaka. Sam is relatively new to life in Japan, but seems to be adapting pretty well. Sam often takes a subway to work in the morning, and this morning is no different. Well, almost no different. <sighs> good morning. Ah, good morning, Sam. You're here early. How is life treating you? Not too bad. Can't complain. Figured I'd get out of my apartment, maybe kill some time before the train comes. Ah, well, I welcome the company. I do find it a little odd you come here to kill time, though. Well, I admit, I've been trying to figure something out. Pig! <laughs> there he is, just like I thought. Who, that homeless man? That's right. Just call that fat woman a pig. <laughs> Where did you point? <laughs> yes, I, I've seen him before. He comes through every. He comes through here every so often, begging for money. Yeah, I heard him a couple days ago, muttering as people went by, and I've been trying to figure him out. He insults people, and he still expects them to give him money. It's strange. Here, let's see if he says anything else to that businessman going by. Uh, 
So listen, I've noticed you here saying some odd things to people as they go by, me included. And I was wondering, do you have some sort of psychic ability? Ah, yes indeed, I do have a psychic ability. It is an ability I obtained years ago. But it is, it's not what you might expect. I can't tell the future or read minds or anything in that ilk. Oh, uh, then what is your ability? Hmm, the ability is merely to know the last thing somebody ate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I get it now. Hey, thanks for clearing that up. Have a good day. Take care. Uh, um, I smell it. Del Taco. <laughs> that's, that's, that's. Well, what did you find out? I was right. He has an ability. But it's another the last thing someone ate. He said bread as I came up to him, and I had toast this morning. Really? That's his power? Yeah. All the psychic abilities someone could have, that one must be the most useless. So did anyone get the, uh, the twist in there? Hmm? You? So the, the idea of fridge horror is somewhere buried in the context of the story. It's a neat little, it's just a neat little thing. You might not notice it at first, but then by the end, he kind of sits there and you think about it and you go, oh. Yeah, the fridge horror is when you go to the bathroom after Del Taco. <laughs> <laughs> Leftovers, man. Um, did, did anyone, is anyone brave enough to say that they didn't get it? Anyone? Anyone okay. at all? Oh, oh we got, we got one right. person. So the ability, which is knowing the last thing someone ate earlier in the story, he pointed to a businessman and said, Human! Thank you for being brave. <laughs> Come see me after the show, I have something for you. Yeah. All right. But that's one kind of uh, example of, I think, a more classic creepypasta in more yeah. of the context of what it used to be, which was these anecdotal little And it, we did kind of like change up the, the story by adapting it into a little audio but that, that used to be like a little three paragraph story. Right. The setting, which was specifically Osaka and Japan, was one of the things we kept because in, in its original context was, oh, I live in Osaka and here's a strange thing that happened to me. And writing it, it's possible that the author or the narrator did not perceive the same fridge horror element, which is really interesting, which I think is a really interesting aspect of that story. That's why I, I thought it would be fun to adapt. And much like a lot of creepypasta stories, we don't know the name of the original author of this one. A lot of these stories originated on anonymous boards, 4chan, and yeah, 4chan, like uh, 4chan's export was a big place for them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, there are, of course, creepypasta that do become very popular and then kind of rise into the public consciousness. I'm sure many people will show of hands. Uh, Slenderman. Slenderman? Okay, that's a lot of people. Uh, they're not all necessarily good examples, you know. Yeah. The Smile Dog, anybody know about the Smile Dog? Okay, there's yeah. a few. Uh, Jeff the Killer? David's favorite. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> well, those are what we would define, we personally would define as kind of icon pasta. Yeah. Sort of the idea that they're just characters that are, you know, they sort of move beyond what the story is and they lodge in popular consciousness, not because the story is particularly scary per se, but they have a persona that grabs onto a sort of zeitgeist. Mm -hmm. 
and they kind of, they're kind of uh, in the same vein of slasher killers and, and those kinds of horror movies. They're, they're the creepypasta equivalent of that. Yeah, pretty much. Some of them can be really awesome, but then get moved out of their context and become ridiculous. Some of them were ridiculous to begin with, but they appeal to a certain uh, demographic. So uh, one of the things we want to do, one of the things we try to do is sort of be like, we're, pull away from that, look back at what it originally was, and see if this is maybe what, how we would define creepypasta. Yeah. There is one story, though, that uh, did become pretty popular, and actually we all think is pretty good. <coughs> Yeah. And uh, we want to share that one with you right now. I think we'll, this one we'll, we won't mention the title of to start with. We'll just see if you guys figure this one out. Whenever you guys are ready, let's get this started. <laughs> Standing is good for you, do it. <laughs> <laughs> And to be fair, I will kick this one off with the opening title here. <laughs> Net Nostalgia Forum, Television, Local, Sky Shale 033, Subject, Kayla Cove, the Local Kids Show. Does anyone remember this kids show? It was called Candle Cove. I must have been six or seven. I never found reference to it anywhere, so I think it was on a local station around 1971 or 1972. I lived in Ironton at the time. I don't remember which station, but I do remember it was on at a weird time, like 4 p.m. Mike Painter, 65. Subject, R.E. Candle Cove, local kids show. It seems really familiar to me. I grew up outside of Ashland and was nine years old in 72. Candle Cove, was it about pirates? I remember a pirate marionette at the mouth of a cave talking to a little girl. Sky Shale 33, subject, um, Candle Cove Local Kids Show? Yes, okay, I'm not crazy. I remember Pirate Percy. I was always kind of scared of him. He looked like he was built from parts of other dolls, real low budget. His head was an old porcelain baby doll. Looked like an antique that didn't belong on the body. I don't remember what station this was. I don't think it was WTS yet. Jared, 2005. Sorry to resurrect this old threat, but I know exactly what show you mean, Sky Shale. I think Candle Cove ran for only a couple of months in 71, not 72. I was 12 and I watched it a few times with my brother. The channel was 58, whatever station that was. My mom would let me switch to it after the news. Let me see what I remember. It took place in Candle Cove. And it was about a little girl who imagined herself to be friends with pirates. The pirate ship was called the Laughing Stuff, and Pirate Percy wasn't a very good pirate because he got scared so easily. There was this calliope music playing constantly. I don't remember the girl's name, Janice or Jane or something. I, I think it was Janice. Sky Shield 33. Thank you, Jaren. Memories flooded back when you mentioned the laughing stock in Channel 58. I remember the bow of the ship was a wooden smiling face with a lower jaw submerged. It looked like it was swallowing the sea and it had that awful Ed Wynn voice and laugh. I just remember how jarring it was when you switched from the wooden plastic model to the foam puppets <coughs> that Ed that Mike Painter, 65. Haha, <laughs> I remember now too, Winky Face. Do you remember this part? Sky Shale? You have. 
to go inside. Sky Shelter. Oh, my God, I chill reading that. Yes, I remember. That's what the ship always told Percy when there was a spooky place he had to go in. Like a cave or a dark room where the treasure was. And the camera would push in on Laughingstock's face and look each eyes. You have to go inside. With his two eyes askew and that flopping bone jaw and the fishing leg that opened and closed it, ugh, looked so cheap and awful. You guys remember the villain? He had a face that was just a handlebar mustache above a really tall narrative. Kevin underscore heart. I, I honestly thought that the villain was Pirate Percy. I was about five when the show was on, but man, was it nightmare fuel. Jared, 2005. That wasn't the villain, the puppet with the mustache. That, that was the villain's sidekick, Horace Borland. He had a monocle, too, that was on top of his mustache. I used to think it meant that he only had one eye. But, but yeah, the villain was another marionette, the skin taker. I can't believe they let us watch that back then. Kevin underscore hearts. Jesus H. Christ, the skin taker. What kind of a kid's show were we watching? I seriously couldn't have looked at the screen when the skin taker showed up. Just descended out of nowhere on a screen, just a dirty skeleton wearing that brown top hat and paint. His glass eyes that were too big for a skull. Christ Almighty. Sky Shell 33. Wasn't his top hat and cloak all so crispy? Was that supposed to be children's skin? Mike Painter, 65. Yeah, I, I think so. Remember his mouth didn't open and close? His jaw just slid back and forth. I remember the little girl said, why does your mouth move like that? And the skin taker didn't look at the girl with the scam camera and said, to grind your skin. Sky Shell 33. I'm so relieved that other people remember that terrible show. I used to have this awful memory. I had a bad dream I had where the opening jingle ended. The show faded in from black and all the characters were there. But the camera was just cutting to each of their faces and they were just screaming. And the puppets of marionettes were flailing spastically and just all screaming, screaming. The girl was just moaning and crying like she had been through hours of this. I woke up many times from that nightmare. I used to go to bed and I had it. Heaven was I don't think that was a dream. I remember that. I remember that was an episode. Sky Shelter Creek. No, no, no. Not possible. There was no plot or anything. I mean, literally, just standing in place, crying and screaming for the whole show. Kevin, I'm smart. Maybe I'm manufacturing the memory because you said that, but I swear to God I remember what you described. They just screamed. Jared, 2005. Oh, God, yes. Uh, the, the little girl, Janice. I remember seeing her shape and the skin taker screaming through his gnashing teeth, his jaw careening so wildly I thought it'd come off its wire hinges. I turned it off and that was the last time I watched. I ran to tell my brother and we didn't have the courage to turn it back on. Mike Painter, 65. I visited my mom the day at the nursing home. I asked her about when I was little in the early 70s and when I was eight or nine if she remembered a kid's show, Campbell Cove. She said she was surprised I could remember that, and I asked why, and she said, because I used to think it was so strange that you said, I'm gonna go watch Campbell Cove now, Mom, and 
Then you would tune the TV to static and just watch dead air for 30 minutes. You had a big imagination with your little pirate show. That was excellent, guys. Nice work. So who's familiar? Who here was familiar with Candle Cove before coming in here? Anyone? All right. Well, actually, quite a few. Yeah. Um, if anybody has seen sci-fi, they've probably seen Channel Zero. They did an adaptation of this and to their first I'm sorry if you've seen it. <laughs> uh, we're personally not the biggest fans of that. That's us, us thing. We, we prefer the story and its original content. Man, not an official Midnight Marinara episode. Certainly is a lot of shade right now. <laughs> <laughs> Which is ironic because the host of the show, the mysterious pasta shade, is, well, is a shade, so of course he throws it. Anyway. <laughs> But uh, Candle Cove, I think, is important to understand from a, why it works, because it is presented in its original context. Uh, any thoughts on that one, you guys? Why Candle Cove works the way it does? What people maybe don't understand about it? Candle Cove works so well as it does, because it is, it's not presenting itself as a story. It's presenting itself as, here is this document that happened. People were on a forum talking about something that they're nostalgic about, and they just opened up a thread, and everyone together started having these memories flood back to them. And so it's it's an elaborate staged thing, and that's what's so beautiful about it. And they they tried to turn a show, they tried to make a show out of a series of people talking on the internet. Kind of, kind of missing the point, you know? It's, uh, it's tricky when you're trying to adapt anything, and I think there are possibly better ways it could have been done, but again, we, we, we try to adapt it our own way, and honestly, the best way to do it is just to read the story verbatim, which is exactly what they did. That story is by uh, Chris Straub, who uh, was known originally for a site called Icor Falls, but it kind of branched out to other stuff. He does Chainsaw Suit, he does a few other things like that. Um, and it still, it still holds up, Candle Cove. I think it's still a great story. Now, we've talked for a little bit about the show. We've done a couple shows for you, but there is, of course, Undercooked Analysis, our nice little spin-off podcast where it's almost it's a completely different thing in that it's not there's no script there's no plan and most of the time there's no filters basically what we do is we read a story blind as i said earlier and we analyze it and uh kayla was actually kind enough to send us a story that none of us have read before today and we're going to read it and analyze it right now in the typical undercooked analysis fashion to sort of close things out uh kayla what have you sent us <laughs> Uh, this story is um, called Imprisoned, and um, it's an anonymous story, or it's written by an anonymous individual, and uh, some, it, it was just recommended that a lot of people say read it, it's hilarious, so I believe it's a, probably a bad creepypasta, but it is short. So. All too often we do run across bad creepypasta, and the majority of creepypasta, objectively, you could say, is bad. <laughs> so, I mean, oh, no. that's just what. Oh no! Are. I accidentally scrolled down to the last line. Uh, this is going to be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to do this popcorn style again. We don't know what we're reading necessarily, so um, we'll go. We'll go down the line if that's fair. I'm going to go ahead and volunteer myself to read the first paragraph. We're going to read it paragraph by paragraph, and then we're, if, we, if we need to stop and talk about it, we will do so. So, without further ado. It's going to be great after this when we get out and it turns out Alan didn't drop a single F-bomb. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
story again is called Imprisoned. A thousand years is a long time to think. It's, a long enough, it's long enough to think about all those who have wronged you in the past, those who have loved you, those who you will never see again. Tomorrow will mark my thousandth year of captivity, and I shall finally be free, free to release those poor souls enslaved by their own ignorance. I can't blame them, though. It's not their fault. They've been brainwashed into believing there is nothing else in this world. They have been brainwashed that nothing bad ever happens. I cannot forget this. So we don't have a whole lot of context. That's the one. Not really. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's we very prosy. Very prosy to start with. We have been flung into a world. Yeah. Full, full of someone being extremely dramatic and being in prison for a thousand years. Yes. They believe they are free. However, their freedom is merely an illusion. They are, of course, free to do anything they want so long as it doesn't cause anybody to question their authority. So yeah, that sounds like freedom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sounds like complete bodily autonomy. Uh, autonomy. Are we dealing with an android? You are free to do as I tell you. Uh, I was not the first to question. However, being a relative, I was shown mercy and imprisoned, rather than being skinned alive and having each limb hacked off one by one before being thrown into the fires. Alright. Many have suffered such deaths for their insolence. I almost wish I had joined them so many years ago. Their screams and pleas for forgiveness haunt my dreams never to leave me so long as I live. Every night I look upon the landscape from my prison and remember the way it used to be so long ago. So we're like five paragraphs in now, guys. Well, what is happening in this story? <laughs> it, it just feels like it's just elongating the... If anyone, if anyone sees a narrative, let us know. <laughs> Hello? Narrative! So, I mean, all that we have so far is people are being imprisoned, and they can live for, and it's thousand years of imprisonment. They're in prison, but they're free to do whatever they want. Yeah. Or at least one person, at least one person was in prison. And everybody else is like pseudo imprisoned, but our thousand year imprisonment relative whoever this is, it's just like it's worse for me though, which is like everybody else who disobeys gets cut apart in a gory fashion. So that's fun. Um, Yay! The, the denizens now know not. Is that, a, is that a weird paragraph, or is that just me? No, the denizens no, no. now know not of any other way. Any that's a strange way to write this. Can you read that again for emphasis? <laughs> the denizens now know not of any other way anymore. Generation upon generation of slaves taught that they're all-powerful and loving rulers, benevolent, and anybody who questions this is the purest form of evil. There you go. There you go. How's that emphasis for The smart ones never last very long. They get sent on a quest for knowledge far away from the rest. I'm sensing fantasy world? Definitely fantasy. I, I was going to say, this, this kind of reminds me of, um, oh, uh, what's that famous poem where, um... Oh god, I scrolled down too. You just saw what it is. Yes. Guys, just wait. come on. <laughs> no, it's going to be working. Yeah, me too. Uh, no, I, I was, I was going to say, um, there, there's one famous story where um, it's all from the point of view of the devil, and it's very sympathetic towards him. Uh, it's, it's a very famous story, and I can't think of it. It's a very famous story. Thank you, Paradise Lost. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Busy. Oh, why'd you do it, Alan? <laughs> <laughs> I'm that guy. 
<laughs> no one's going to get the in-joke, though, if we do that. No. No. <laughs> oh, boy. We just lost a round of drinks, thanks to Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I guess my turn. I thought that just meant I don't get a drink. No. Oh, wow. I've seen it thousands of times. Thousands of poor souls abandoned in the hot desert to die of dehydration or to be devoured by the many wild beasts in the wilderness. Around three days travel into the desert is where the bones begin to litter the landscape, bleached white after years of baking in the unforgiving sun. Jim? <laughs> giant sandworms! Also giant sandworms. Right, the, spice, the spice must flow. This just sounds like California. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Barstow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Any Californians in the audience? The trap is really quite ingenious. I must give credit where it's due. Once the, uh, the young uh, begin asking too many questions, their presence is formally requested by the royal chamber. This, I don't like where this is going. There's no earthly way of knowing. It is then that they are told that they must go west past the desert for the knowledge that they seek. Once they gain the knowledge that they are, they are rewarded with their own kingdom to rule, but they must go alone. They are told they need only bring one day's worth of food and water and nothing else. Not a single soul has ever returned. Dun, dun, dun. For this, this is why I must get my revenge. I must open their eyes to the truth. Hold on, you, you, that's a, that's a <coughs> lost, man. You gotta, you gotta do the emphasis. Oh. For this, for this, this is why I must get my revenge. <laughs> I must open their eyes to the truth. <laughs> Even if it hurts. Here's a ridiculous pantomime. I must open. open. <laughs> Their eyes to the truth, even if it hurts to know they've been lied to for so long. The funny thing about the truth is, it never goes away entirely. It always manages to find a way out. My story has been told since the beginning. At first it was only behind closed doors, where nobody could hear in order to escape the wrath. Eventually the tables got turned, and it is a bedtime or Sorry, I decided to correct it. And it's a bedtime story to warn the young hidden under the guise of me being the evil party. You know, evil parties are okay in the NK every so often. They're oh, those are fun, man. Yeah. <laughs> evil parties are great. Wanna go kill all the NPCs? Well, yeah. I mean, don't be stupid, evil. No, 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 no. You're gonna no, kick no, no. I'm, I'm gonna kill all the NPCs in my own time. Like it's gonna take it's gonna take a little bit, but it's gonna happen. Over the course of the campaign. Alright. So this I, is, got, I got off on a tangent. Yeah. So, so this is just straight up Paradise Lost. Yeah. 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 This is Paradise. Oh no, I scrolled down. <laughs> I haven't yet. Good. It's gonna be so worth it to say it out loud in front of these people. Exactly. <laughs> are, you gonna, are you gonna be the one who gets to say no, it? No, Matt is. Oh, and Matt's gonna like it. Is it? Yeah. No, 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 go, go, go. Okay, 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 okay. I want this. <laughs> none of that. None of that matters anymore. The only thing that matters is tomorrow. Tomorrow I am free. There's big emphasis on freedom. All right, all right, here we go. My, oh, go ahead, go ahead. My first act of freedom in 1,000 years will be exacting my revenge and killing my sister. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I will kill you, Celestia! 
they just kind of dragged me and said, hey, we're, we're finally at work, this is going to be awesome. And it was. So, yeah. thank you guys for coming out. I'm from Kansas. We have a Waffle House now. <laughs> <laughs> any, any other questions? Like, interested in, in this, like, how would I be able to, like, get myself into this kind of, like, spectrum of, like, what you guys do with, like, the podcast? First, get a good microphone. Yeah. Like, just yeah. get a Yeti. They're great. They're great money. Like, like, I'm not going to say this. This panel is sponsored by Blue Yeti. It's <laughs> a Yeti, but, like, it's a pretty good starter mic. It's very good. Because, like, you don't want to, like, cut and edit for, like, five out, like, five, ten, fifteen hours in your video. And then you you a song like this, like, you're garbage. You don't want to sound like garbage. Like that's gonna immediately turn people off. Get rid of room. If there's room tone, if you can hear room tone, find a way to soundproof your space. That's a good way. I to use it. a closet. <laughs> but if you're asking to be involved with us, we're actually very open to talking to people. And we we kind of have built a pretty big community of actors and actresses that, that help out with oh, yeah. productions and stuff. We've had. Can I can I brag for a second here? Yeah. We've had some uh, cool people join us for Midnight Marinara, uh, specifically. Uh, anyone familiar with Overwatch? Overwatch? Uh, Derek DePaul, the voice of Reinhardt, has been on our show a couple times. Good friend of ours. Uh, Kira Buckland, I, so she's got too many roles. Rena Chan? She two. voiced the character in Nier, I think. Uh, 2B. Yeah, she voiced 2B in Nier Automata. Oh, and uh, we had uh, Dino Andrade, he voiced the Scarecrow from Markham Asylum. If you played like World of Warcraft, he was Professor Putricide, he also played a lot of known voices. It's pretty dope. A lot of that's going over my head. Well, too bad, I would. That's <laughs> Alright, that's fair. But yeah, no, uh, we're always open, and we, the thing we're doing, we're off season right now. But we're going to be kicking back up in October. What we do, we want to actually open the floor to more original audio dramas and original submissions. We've, I think we've run the gamut for a lot of the, the classic creepypasta or good creepypasta that are unknown and think need a little bit of a pick-me-up, but now we are in the running. So actually, if anyone's you know interested in even throwing any, anything at us, we have all, all our contact information is right here on these cards. So feel free to come up and show sure, us. almost them. over. Don't tell them to throw stuff at us. <laughs> and so far, no one's throwing stuff at us. That's a good sign. Um, also, if you want to come talk to any of us after the panel, we will be at, uh, throughout the day, we're going to be at booth five. Uh, 557A? That is correct. That's theirs. Booth 557A. He's selling art. Uh, his counterpart, Chelsea Comer, is also selling her art. Worth looking into. And uh, open the chat. What? You, you can come loiter at our table. We yeah. don't care. Yeah, you can loiter. It's cool. We like you guys. You stay <laughs> for the panel. I appreciate it. Any more quick questions and then we gotta wrap. Yes? Uh, what got you into creepypasta? Uh, what got you into creepypasta? Me or just everybody? In everybody. Yes. Okay. Um, I've always liked horror. I've always liked uh, finding stuff that's um, cool and spooky and easy to read. Uh, one Halloween, I just decided, hey, I want to read some horror. Looked it up, found some stuff I got into, and that was kind of how it started. Uh, and it's accessible, which really helps. I got into it because I thought, wow, this is a new kind of horror that I haven't seen anywhere else, and I find this really interesting. And I want to be a part of this and help develop it in any small way I can. When I was a young man, I read Spawn. <laughs> I really liked, liked the artwork and uh, Todd McFarlane. I actually like Rob Liefeld's artwork. I've been in that Wonder County, it's pretty dope. Uh, <laughs> like this adventure, pretty dope. Uh, but I really like monsters. And I like the grotesque imagery of monsters. Cthulian, uh, 
What have you deemed me? It's all good. Uh, I was exposed to horror at a very young age. I'm, I'm related to Lon Chaney, so it's kind of my family legacy. Um, uh, kind of in middle school, I got into the Silent Hill video game, and that like spun off into me like reading like uh, Stephen King and H.P. Lovecraft, and uh, then as an adult, I got into regrettably Marble Hornets, and uh, <laughs> uh, was really into that for a while. And then I met these clowns. Uh -huh. um, Alan, where are you writing the film reels to, London After Midnight? Uh, uh, in one? a box in the woods. Oh, <laughs> okay. Good. Keep them safe. They're not going to degrade there, are they? In a deep, dark woods, there's a deep, dark box. <laughs> in a deep, dark box, there's a deep, dark film. <laughs> and Caleb? Uh, I mean, I grew up genuinely liking creepy stuff. Um, one of the first shows that I grew up with, thanks to my mom, is Twilight Zone. So. Uh, and then as I got older, I watched more horror movies, uh, read more horror books and such, and actually it's thanks to this man, uh, David King, who actually got me into creepypasta uh, after I, uh, we started dating, and then he's like, yeah, you should check out my show, and I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> and I listened to it, and I'm like, this is fantastic. Like, I, it's just amazing the quality that goes yeah, That's right, it. everybody just... Patting ourselves on the back here. Because <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, we do got to wrap up. But thank you guys so much for coming. I appreciate your uh, enthusiasm. And yeah, feel free to come see us after the show. Yay! Yay. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BendUNetwork.com.